My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 116 of The Kate Show. And we're talking all about Google AdWords, Google Analytics, and Google Business Listings. Because, you know, Google has created a whole suite of tools for small business owners, and we just aren't using them enough, or we're using certain ones too much, and perhaps for things they were not intended to accomplish. I mean, I can't tell you how many times someone in the home industry has told me that they ran a Google ad and it didn't work. Now, sadly, I've seen people spend thousands of dollars on AdWords only to receive zero paying customers. And I do mean zero. So if you're befuddled by AdWords, or if you have no idea how to use Google Analytics to your advantage, or if you aren't sure why you need a Google business listing, you're going to love this episode. Like I said, Google has created a powerful suite of tools meant to help business owners like us have a more successful online presence. But as with any real-life tools, or rather, offline tools, you have to know what you're doing in order for any of it to actually work. So imagine with me for a second that you have a soft furnishings workroom, and a random person off the street stepped in, and they were like, let me have this commercial sewing machine, I'll run it, and I'll do a great job, and it's going to be amazing. And you watch them mess around aimlessly for a few hours, trying to figure out how to make it work, and then they ultimately said, well, it doesn't work, or it doesn't work for me. Or let's say you handed a millennial a paper map, and they looked at you with bewilderment. Hmm, kind of funny, right? A map isn't much good if you can't read it, and a machine is useless if you can't operate it. See where I'm going with this? This is how many designers and stagers and workroom owners feel when they look at Google. As if SEO wasn't already like learning another language, they suddenly discover that Google Search Console and Google Analytics are not the same thing, and they actually need both of them, and that their business listing goes a long way to improving their local SEO. But then they're like, but I shouldn't create a new listing for each area that I serve? Question mark? Yeah, it's all a little bit confusing. What the heck? Well, if you're confused by all that, or if you know just enough to be dangerous, you're going to walk away from this episode armed and ready to bolster your business online. Guys, I want to take one second and ask you, if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, please go do that, because then you'll be notified every time I release a new episode, which is every Monday for the past several years. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's episode 116 already, and I've been pretty darn consistent. You guys can subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, or you can go to thekateshowpodcast.com and just listen that way. But it's honestly a lot easier to stream this through a smart device, especially since a lot of you listen to this when you're commuting from project to project. All right, guys, enough of this. Let's dive right in. We're going to get started with Google AdWords for your business. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, I know you all want to hear about Google AdWords first. I don't blame you. It's a very interesting thing. And I get a lot of questions from home pros around the world who have been told that running a Google ad is the answer to their dry pipeline woes. And oh, if only it were that easy. So let me just make one thing clear. 
Google AdWords can be a successful tool for your business, but it's not necessarily the best tool. The AdWord needs to be set up by a professional, and it also needs to be supported by a sales funnel in order for it to effectively send you leads that have a high likelihood of converting into paying clients. So not only are AdWords not the best tool for designers and stagers and workrooms, but they just they're not the end-all be-all of marketing. And in fact, they're not marketing at all. It's advertising. So if you're selling a one-time product that doesn't include getting to know your customers, you might see better results with this pay-per-click or PPC tool. But if you're selling a service that thrives on interpersonal relationships and word-of-mouth referrals, you would be better off using a different tool. Okay, so that disclaimer aside, if you really have your heart set on using Google AdWords, hopefully as part of your greater sales funnel and not just as a standalone thing, I'm going to share four of the top tips that you need to keep in mind if you're going to go this route. So the first thing you should do is set a realistic budget. Digital ad experts recommend starting with a test budget that ranges from $1,000 to $2,000 per month. So this is no small investment. During the testing period, you should be constantly monitoring and tweaking the ad until it becomes successful. So you can't just set it and forget it. There is nothing in business that works if you forget about it, believe me. Once that ad starts paying for itself by bringing you new clients and not just leads, but actual paying clients, then you could increase your monthly spend because theoretically, you'd also then be increasing your revenue and hopefully your net profit. But there is a caveat to this. If you have a great budget for your ad and a perfect keyword optimization, yet the landing page is faulty, that ad and the money you spent on it will be a waste. And if you guys want more detail on how to calculate your budget for your ad and then go from there, you can actually go to one of the links I have in the show notes. I'm not going to send you there right now because I want you to understand that this is not necessarily going to be the best option for your business, but it could be part of your greater sales funnel if you did it correctly. So again, the ad itself is just the beginning. You need to then have a landing page that will convert and get that person into your actual pipeline. Because just having someone click on a Google ad does not get them in your pipeline. People are not in your pipeline until they've given you some sort of contact information, whether it's their email or their phone number or both. Okay. The second tip I have for Google AdWords is you need to select the best long tail keywords and negative keywords. Oh boy, that sounds techy, doesn't it? Well, let me explain. If you are an interior designer in New York City who specializes in high-end design for bachelors, let's say, you would need to choose keywords based on not only the basic and obvious options, but you'd have to go beyond that. So the obvious option would be some of your keywords like interior designer, New York City. But to go beyond that, you actually need to create long tail keywords. And those could be things like luxury interior designer, NYC, interior decorator for penthouses, New York, high-end bachelor pad interior design, New York City, things like that. You can actually create endless combinations of long tail keywords. And you'll need far more than just those three examples. You'll have to know so many details about your ideal client's pain points, their online behavior, what are they Googling so that you can show up in front of them. Creating these long tail keywords is not a quick thing, and it sure is not a guessing game either. 
if you turn it into a guessing game or you cut corners and you try to hurry through this, it will literally cost you in ad spend. So don't take that lightly. The third thing you should do with AdWords is set up a highly converting, optimized landing page. So yes, again, we come back to that darn landing page because the ad is just the first step. Your landing page is what actually puts leads into your sales funnel because that's where it captures their contact information. The ad is just getting their potential, their attention, sorry, <laughs> potential leads and attention it causes me to make up words. So then when you've got their attention, you've got them into the next phase, your landing page and your lead magnet then step into play. Now, if your ad isn't targeting the right keywords, you could end up paying for many clicks to your landing page from that ad, but those people who clicked may not even be people you want to work with or who don't want to work with you. Those people would click through to your landing page and realize that your offer is not for them, and then they'd leave, but you'd still have to pay for that click. This ad setup and landing page combination are where most small business owners go wrong, from not targeting the right geographic area to missing important long-tail keywords, or not having a motivating call to action on their landing page. That said, we're going to move to number four, the fourth thing that you should keep in mind before running a Google ad, and that is using it in conjunction with organic marketing, so unpaid marketing. AdWords are really just not a replacement for putting in the effort of growing your client and lead relationships through social media, blog, email newsletter, and offline networking. Rather, these digital ads will just serve to enhance what you're already doing. So just keep in mind that, again, Google ads, they're not the end-all be-all. They are not a sales funnel in and of themselves. They do have their time and place, but it's a very small time and a very small place. Yet it can also be quite expensive if you don't know how to do it correctly. So if that's an option you want to go with and something you want to explore, I do recommend hiring a reputable Google AdWords professional and getting the rest of your sales funnel set up before you even go near that. All right, before I dive into Google Analytics, Google Business Listings, and Google Search Console, we're going to take a quick break just because this is a lot, but I have so much more for you. So if you're taking notes, let your hand rest for a second, and then we're gonna dive back into it, so don't go anywhere. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high quality marketing and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. While Google AdWords rarely have a justifiable place in the home industry, Google Analytics, on the other hand, is an absolute must. If you set up an analytics account and connect it to your website, you can track super helpful things that will help you keep your hand on the pulse of your business. So I'm going to share with you the four key metrics that you should be tracking with Google Analytics. And if you don't have a Google Analytics account, 
You can certainly go set one up. You just type into Google, Google Analytics, and they will definitely make sure you get to the right place. Once you set it up, you'll need to then connect it to your website by putting some HTML code on your website, but that's something that your website designer or developer can certainly do for you if they haven't already. But let's just talk about the four main things that you should be tracking, because what I have seen is the people who do have Google Analytics, they have no idea what they're looking at when they see this report. They just see a bunch of numbers and charts and graphs, and it's like, what the heck? I can't make sense of this, and I don't have time to figure it out. So I'm going to keep it simple for you. The first thing you should be tracking is your overall traffic, which just simply means how many people are visiting your website in a given time span. I like to look at that span as 30 days, 90 days, because it gives me a good idea of the trend. So how many people are coming every month and what are they doing? If you see that you're receiving very little traffic, you then need to ramp up your content marketing efforts, which means start blogging two to four times per month, or you can increase your short and long tail keywords that way, by the way, and you can share those blog posts on social media and Pinterest. You can also just be more active on social media in general. These activities altogether, they really constitute a flow of fresh content, and especially those blog posts, they give Google more to index. And the more Google will index, the more natural keywords you have, and the more Google tends to favor your website because it's being updated regularly through those blog posts, and it's a sign to Google that your business is still active. So I highly recommend that. The next thing you can track is your source of traffic. So how are people finding your website? Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, organic search, something else. It's a great way to judge whether your social media efforts are working because they should be sending traffic to your website. And it will also give you a good idea of your organic SEO. So that's kind of what I mean by organic search. If someone is just trying to find an interior designer in their area, a home stager in their city, and you come up because you rank for all the right things, that means your SEO is working and your website is actually doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the background because Google knows what it's all about and it was able to connect your website with the right lead in your area and then boom, you have a lead and potentially a paying client. So make sure you're tracking where your traffic is coming from. The third thing that you should track is your bounce rate. And your bounce rate is simply how many people are coming to your site only to leave without clicking on anything. We don't want this to happen because it means that the wrong people are being sent to your site. So maybe you're ranking for the wrong keywords or there is something about the design of your site that repels even your ideal clients and makes them not even click on anything. They just leave. That's not good. A bounce rate that exceeds 40% over a 30-day period is a warning that your SEO or your marketing is attracting the wrong person or that your website isn't matching what your ideal visitor needs to see, or it's just not a good user experience, or it's not mobile friendly, or it's outdated, or something like that. So just make sure that your bounce rate stays below 40%. All right, the next thing you should be tracking is your visitors. So where are they located? The good thing is when someone comes to your site, Google Analytics will be able to tell you roughly where they are based on their IP address. If a large portion of your website traffic is coming from an area or country that you don't serve and have no intention of serving, something could be wrong. But if most of your traffic is coming from areas that you do serve or you would like to, 
that's a great sign that your SEO and your marketing and your website are all doing their respective jobs and working together to help the right people in the right areas find your website. Now, there are a lot of other stats and data that you could be tracking with Google Analytics, but these top ones will give you a realistic look at the health of your online presence. If you're selling products, for example, you'd want to continue measuring this data and so much more, such as tracking a customer's path before and after they buy from you, or almost buy from you, in order to learn more about their behavior so you can then go fine-tune your marketing. There's a lot you could look at here, but if you primarily sell services and not products that require online checkout, you should focus more on these big four items. So in review, that would be your overall traffic, your traffic sources, your bounce rate, and your visitors. Those are the main things you need to keep track of through Google Analytics. While we're on this topic, I also want to mention Google Search Console because either you've never heard of it or you think it's just another name for Google Analytics and it's actually not true. Google Search Console is totally different and it's a tool that you can use to help Google properly index your website. So to put that in simple terms, Google Search Console will tell you if and when your website has an issue that might impact SEO or user experience. And it's really cool, actually. I will occasionally get alerts from Google Search Console regarding some of my websites, and it allows me to go in, assess the issue, and fix it if I need to. It is not something that gives me the same data as Google Analytics. It's more so I tell Google, hey, I've got this new website, or maybe it's not a new website, but it's new to them. And I'm like, here you go. Here's all the information on it. Put your little creepy crawly self all over it so you know all about what I offer. That way you can send the right website traffic to it. That is exactly what Search Console does. And of course, just like analytics, it doesn't cost you a dime. So I want you to keep that in mind too. I do think that every business should use Google Search Console. And the good thing is if you have a Squarespace website, Search Console and Analytics both integrate so seamlessly that it's just, a, honestly, it's a piece of cake and I love it. This is why I'm such a huge fan of Squarespace. They've just thought of everything and no, this podcast is not sponsored, but I wouldn't say no to that Squarespace, hint, hint. But guys, if you want to get your Search Console set up, just go Google, Google Search Console, and again, they'll make sure you get to the right place. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Google Business Listings because out of everything I've mentioned, this is something you probably have the most uh, comfort level with because I know a lot of people do use it. However, I think the stat was like less than 46% of small business owners actually set up and use their Google business listing, which is kind of crazy because your business listing is a free, fast way to tell Google exactly who you are, what you are as a business what services you offer, and it puts a little pin in the map on Google Maps so that people can find you, especially when they are looking for an interior designer, quote unquote, near me, or a home stager in this town. While it might sound like a great tool, like I said, less than half of business owners actually use it, and even fewer will use it or correctly maintain it. So that's why I wanted to include Google Business Listings in this episode. When you're setting up your listing, make sure that you fully complete every section, even the lesser known sections like Q&A and story. The story or about section of your listing 
lets you share a brief bio about yourself or your company in about 750 characters or less, so it's pretty short, but it's the perfect place to use keywords that pinpoint who your ideal client is, your service area, and the actual services that you offer. Your contact information, location, hours of operation should all remain current, so update it as much as you need to. Your photos should be high quality and they should include you and your team, the interior and exterior of any retail or office space you use. And you can add new photos every few weeks to keep your listing fresh, which can go a long way in getting more local eyes on your listing. That's a proven fact. So make sure that you don't just set it and forget it because again, nothing in business works if you just forget about it. So make sure that every so often, maybe even just once a month, go upload a new photo of your work to your Google business listing. Now, the other aspect of your business listing that you might forget about is the question and answer section. If you're receiving the same questions over and over from interested leads, make sure you go add those to the Q&A section. Additionally, make sure you respond to the questions that you might get asked by other Google users who happen to see your listing and, of course, ask a question. You should also be asking past clients to write reviews of your business on that listing. The star rating is one of the first things your potential leads will look at when they find you, and it might determine whether or not they contact you. I mean, after all, if you're looking for a new restaurant and you want to go out to dinner, Don't you look at the star rating? I mean, I do. I'm like, well, if it's any lower than three and a half stars, I don't think I'm going. But if it's higher, then yes, I'll take a chance on it, even if I'm not sure I like that type of food. Silly example, I know. But just make sure you're doing your due diligence to make your listing look its best. And if you happen to get a bad review, because that's bound to happen, we can't please 100% of people 100% of the time, Make sure you simply respond to it nicely and kindly and that you don't skirt around the issue. And just remember that as you continue to get more five-star reviews, that low-quality review will be buried and it will no longer affect the overall average star rating. So just keep that in mind. Now, the other aspect of your Google business listing that you might not even know about is the appointment scheduling tool. It's something that you can integrate with your current scheduling tool like Acuity or Calendly or whatever you're using, and that would help then prevent double bookings. This appointment integration is an easy way for people to go straight to booking an appointment or a meeting with you as soon as they see your listing, instead of emailing you, waiting for a response, trying to find a day that works for everyone. This just takes out so many steps, and it makes sure that people can start working with you so much faster. So guys, You can tell right now, Google offers so many ways to help your local business online. And while it's obvious that I think that AdWords are totally oversold and overused, I hope that you'll consider using Analytics, Search Console, and your business listing because it's really going to help enhance and strengthen your online presence without actually costing you any money. And I'm not a penny pincher, (laughs) not anymore anyway, but If you can do something for your business that's just a small time investment and no actual overhead, it's kind of a brilliant move. So I hope that you consider it. Okay, guys, that is all I have for this episode. I know it's a lot and I know that you've taken notes and that's great. But if you missed something, you can go to the kateshowpodcast.com and look up episode 116 to get all the links and all the resources and the tips that I have shared today. Until next time, guys, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, 
and I'll be back at you next week. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.